Hello, welcome along to a brand new Baffled. This is the only podcast that really does its best to figure out what facts out there are amazing and worth telling people and what are just utter nonsense and can be chucked in the bin of your brain. Uh, My name's Dan. Thank you so much for finding us and giving us a listen. This week, I've got three facts. One is about a dodgy named place. Uh, Another is about what humans are really, really good at. Uh, And the third is about what killer whales actually are. And you know what? I don't think Connor is going to like any of them. He's here with us as well. Hey, Connor. Hey, mate. How are we doing today? Yeah, very good. What have you bought for us? So you do not want to mess with Brazilian construction workers. Never fart on a plane and cheaper by the dozen. Who? Press the pun klaxon and end the podcast now. Also, I don't need a fact to tell me not to do a trump on a plane. Right, Mark is also here. He makes the third of the trio. Mark, what have you bought for us? Hello, hello, hello. Right. Firstly, when are you loudest? I've got a tidbit about making things official. And finally, a stupid way to die. Oh, a tidbit. Stick around for tidbits. It's this week's baffle. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now, boys, before we get like properly into it, here's a call to arms. I'm just going to read you a very quick review that I found over on Apple Podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts, by the way, if you like what we're doing, uh, make sure you chuck in a review just so other people know and they can find this ridiculous waffle about facts as well. This is from Matt Foley, who says, loves the British accents. Amazing. Also, you fight a lot. He wants to know if we are mean, this mean to each other all the time. So basically, it's a call to arms. And should we try and get through this? This, this quest of discovery, this podcast where we try and discover facts and not like be at each other's necks. Now, I, I am Scott Free here. I am the nicest person of the podcast. I'm never mean. I always let people come and bring their facts to us guilt-free without worrying about, about being... Do, you, do you listen back to the podcast ever? Once we've recorded it. Or is this all from your memory? I do not listen back because you are so sure to me that I do not want to have it again. Mm -hmm. Connor, is that okay with you? I'm taking this. I can't believe that you've just said that. You are the main bully of the party, I find. I I beg to differ. I mean, I am the people's favourite. We're all aware of that. I don't want to brandish the word bully around in 2020. No, I agree, Dan. I think this is an important review. I think it's something that... You know, coming into episode 16 now, it's something that we all need to take on board. And, you know, we are friends outside of this. We're friends on this as well. We need to be more supportive. I think today, let's take the fact and let's discuss the fact. Let's not sort of go at each other. That's what I feel today. I have a feeling we took a big step last time. We took a big step forward. And I think it was the couple therapy from the week before, which really helped. And uh, I don't want to take all the credit for that, but I will. So, you know, now we're in a good place, I think. Let's get down to the facts and let's do this in a nice, friendly environment. I agree. So, listening in, I'm adopting my childhood, my childish voice here. If you're listening in, do me a favour, set your stopwatch now and we'll see how long it takes before. Yeah, maybe I get a little bit annoyed at Connor. I tell you what, Mark, today you can kick us off. 
Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, if you want people to hear you shout, do it once it's rained. Oh, I tell you what, I've got another rain fact on the way a little bit later on. Why, why the rain and the shouting? So, audibility during and after rain actually becomes better because the rain clears dust and other particles in the air which absorb and weaken sound waves. So, for example, if there's fog in the air, you're going to be quietest. People aren't going to hear you. If you're going to scream from a mountaintop, they probably won't hear you very far. But if it has just rained, actually you'll be heard a lot further away. I have to jump onto this, actually. Um, this oh, this, this oh. is interesting. Um, I don't know if you guys find this, but you know when it rains really, really heavily in the UK, do you ever find as well that, that you have kind of like that eerie silence? Is that just me? But it always seems a bit quieter after rain. Yeah. Yeah, because, well, I imagine because people are out, people aren't out and about rather, they're not really doing stuff, they've kind of left, so where you are, there's probably not likely to be a lot of people there. This yeah. fact, I, I, yeah, it kind of, it makes sense, you, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just uh, kind of someone telling me something that I've probably already worked out, but haven't put in those scientific words. So rain, the, the rain and the water... You know, science isn't my thing. So, so what is it? What is it actually doing then? Like, so basically, in the air are a load of dust particles and other random particles around in the air. Obviously, they will absorb and weaken the sound waves. Obviously, so the more of those that there are in the air, the less uh, audible you will be. Essentially, okay. When it rains, all of these little dust particles and other, well, not all of them, but a large number of these little dust particles and other particles in the air get cleared away. They get absorbed by the rain as they come down. The rain clears it. So there's less of it in the air just after it rains. Therefore, it is at that moment that if you were to scream from a mountaintop, you would be heard best because there is less stuff in the air to absorb and weaken that yeah. scream. Sort of like obstacles On the converse, in the there's nothing in the way. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing in the way. In the yeah, way. exactly. Yeah. Okay. Whereas well, on, good, like on the flip side, if it's very foggy, then obviously there's a lot of stuff in the air. You've yeah. got your dust particles, but you've also got a lot of moisture in the air as well when it's foggy. That will absorb it. So therefore, if you are shouting for help when it's foggy, you're going to have to shout a bit louder. Otherwise, people may not hear you. This this fact makes sense to me. Like this is this is science. This is interesting and it's simple to get. So I'm I'm on board mark. Thank you. You are you come from uh you're you're from the elite, Connor. You're from the the upper echelons of society from the from from the posh side of Essex. You've been skiing before. Have you ever shouted from a mountaintop and and, and felt your sound was dampened by the snow? No. Uh, actually maybe I mean, you know, when I uh, when I skied Verbia back in 08. Um, Paid 20 quid for some nuggets. Yeah, we're not getting on to that. But no, no, I, I can, I kind of, this this makes sense to me. I always feel that you, your your vocal range when you shout is definitely changed by weather. This this has got me thinking about things that I've done before and, and wondered before. Give me an example. Like, yeah, I think like when you shout in a, in snow, it, it does seem to sound different when when you're talking to friends. Am I, am I just sort of blabbling here, or is is this? No, I mean that that would make a lot of sense without you know looking into it. I can imagine that snow is a very good absorber. So yeah. if if you were at that same exact same place with snow and without snow. That's it's the same way as like when you put curtains in a room, it softens it up because it's got a soft surface that sound can't bounce off of. The same reason you might put acoustic treatment in a room. So 
Therefore, when sound hits it, it will absorb some rather than bouncing back off of the rock. It's posh, isn't it? It's very, very good, the acoustic treatment. Yes, it's very, very good. Um, Dan's turned into an old Russian man, apparently. Yeah, what was, what's going on there? I was doing, I was saying that his fact was, yes, it was very, very good. I was doing, I was doing posh voice rather than Russian voice, I think. Oh, is that what that was? It sounds yeah. like you've turned into an 87 year old Russian man. No, I like that. I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not just entering this, this episode being, you know, really, really enthusiastic about facts. I, I, I enjoyed that. It's science that I understand, Mark. So I'm, I'm here for it, mate. Thank you. Connor, take it away with your first fact of the podcast. Construction workers in Brazil cemented a car on a pavement after its driver refused to move it. Good effort, like it. I like that. That, that is very much the definition of I've got a job, I'm doing it. Yeah. I, I, like anything that gets in the way, fine, whatever, don't care, doing it anyway. Well, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to Brazil. I haven't, but I have, I have had friends that have been to Brazil. And you don't, you don't want to mess with the Brazilians. You know, they're, they're not going to mess around. So basically, there was a bunch of builders and uh, they were doing some work and they asked an owner of a van, you, you can Google this, it's quite funny to see actually, if he could just remove his truck and he, he booted off. Can't, can't, he booted off. There can't. was a bit of, yeah. <laughs> I think we've got the story. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just going down, you know, I've written a little sort of synopsis. Okay, um, you I wrote it, you, you wrote it yourself. Oh yeah, I've sort of jotted it down, reading articles. And yeah, they had a row basically Control and um, the, the bizarre incident happened in Belo Horizonte, Brazil's... Sorry, sorry uh, where was that? Belo Horizonte, I can't pronounce it, Brazil's largest city. And yeah, the, the owner returned to his wheels of his truck cemented into the ground. I like both aspects of this. I love the fact that obviously, they, they you know, this is our job. We're going to do it. I'm annoyed with you saying that you're not going to move like that. But I also love the proper belligerent Brazilian that's, you know what? I ain't moving for no one. I ain't moving. I love that. I love that. What is it? I tell you what, Com, with you, what is like the one rule that you won't move for? You know what I mean? Like what's your car? What, what is, what's the hill that you are willing to die on? It's like, no, I'm doing it like this. I don't care if you're going to come and cement me to the floor. This is the way I do things. Um, oh God, this is a tough one. Um, I, th I think, I think what really, really, really irritates me is like, um, you know, like like uh, like the queue jumpers, like when, when they're refunding something or whatever at a shop and they think because you're buying something, they, they can go before you. Or there's like a quicker queue. Yeah, I, can't, I kind of yeah. feel that. I'm not, I'm not moving, like, just because you've got... Or like somebody sometimes, say you've got a big basket of food and someone behind you's got one milk carton and then you let them go first. Nah. Nah. You don't do that. You're not a nice, generous no, person. I'm nice and generous, but I've been queuing for half hour, mate. I'm I'm buying my stuff and getting out of it. If I keep doing that every single time, I'm going to be there a long while. Well, it's because you're planning your, your, your shopping trip poorly there, I think. If you're, yeah, mate, in a, mate. if you're in a queue where you've got like over 20 stuff and you're in the same queue that someone's got one carton of milk, you've, put, you've, planned, your, you've planned your shopping poorly. I can't say I do the big shops often. I do still live at home with the parents, but you know, when I move out, I'll, I'll, I'll bear this in mind. But you know, I just, I like the attitude of these builders more than I like the attitude of the guy in the truck. Like the guy in the truck, like you're being unreasonable here, fella. Like they're concrete in, you know, they're, they're doing work. They're asking you nicely, just, just move the truck probably for your own safety and for, for the truck itself. You know, let's not get it damaged. He's booted off. Well, 
you know, that's fine. And Google this for everyone listening and for you guys, Google image this. It's really funny. The truck is literally stuck in the ground. It's hilarious. You can imagine walking back as well. Mark, what's like the, the one thing that really like the, the one thing that you do that no one can tell you not to do? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I do. I mean, I'm not one for confrontation. So I would move my truck just because I'd be like, no, stay in there. Like, no, you've got to move it. You've got to move it. I'd be like, okay, fine. Fine. I can't be bothered with the argument. I can't be bothered with it. You do do it passive aggressively. Oh, very passive aggressively. You'd find some way to make moving your car, moving your truck, like very passive aggressive. I would do. And it would probably make me end up in a worse situation than it being cemented in. They'd probably just destroy the car in another way somehow instead. But it'd be worth it. I feel like I've known Mark a while now, as you have, Dan. And, you know, Mark, in a way, is, you know, somebody that looks after us when we're on air and deals with the issues that we have. And and this is, of course, a job separate to this. But I've definitely learned with Mark that he's got a lot of patience until it just goes that one step too far. And, and then Mark isn't happy anymore. Oh, there it, there is a definite snap point with me. Yeah, there's a snap point. Like, I, I feel like you can repeat yourself quite a lot. You can say it quite a lot and it slowly and gradually gets a little bit more. And then there just comes a point where you're like, yeah, this is it. I go you, from naught. I can go from naught to 100 about something very quickly that I yeah. can just be very patient, very easy with it. I'm like, OK, fine. And then suddenly, boom, what are you doing? I'm going to be so passag about this. Passag. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it just it just changes like in an instant. It's because what have we what, what do you know about the way Mark looks, Connor? What we. Don't, don't put this on the hair. What we don't put this on so the Mark, hair. Mark's ginger, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And no, he wears glasses. No, not the glasses. We discussed in the other podcast. Oh, he's small. That he's only five for eight. Yeah, so he's ginger quite... and he's five for eight. Oh, now cool. taken separately, those things are fine. Perfectly fine. <laughs> but when you put both of those together in a big old blender, and when you've got somewhat some something that he's not happy with, you know, he is going to get... On that massive pedestal, and he's he's gonna tell he's gonna get on that huge high horse, which I need a ladder to get onto. But he's gonna let you know. Right, let's crack on. My first fact, uh, nice and quick. Connor, what animal do you think a killer whale is? A mammal. Okay, let, let's do that. A bit more refined, but don't think too much because you might ruin the game. So just yeah. straight up, what animal is a killer whale? Fish. No, what animal is a killer whale? Whale. No, it's a dolphin. A killer whale is actually a dolphin. Is that oh, your fact? Yeah. What okay, would cool. you want? No, no, no. That, I didn't know if there was more. Uh, uh, um, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, someone, has named, someone has made a mistake and named that wrong. They went, yeah, it's a killer whale. It's a killer whale. And someone's gone, no, 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 it's a dolphin. I've said what I've said. It will be what it is. It's a killer whale. There you go. There's short ginger man syndrome coming out here. The, <laughs> um, I think it's because they're the killer of whales. Orcas are the lot. So killer whales, orcas are the largest dolphin species. Uh, and they, they eat sperm, gray, fin, humpback, sperm whales, Connor. It's gray, <laughs> fin, humpback. And uh, I don't know what they do on a Friday night. Um, and other whales as well. So they eat all the whales. They are killers of whales, but not actually whales themselves. Did you know that whale sperm's in very expensive aftershave? What? So the sperm of a wow is put into expensive aftershave to keep it on your skin for long periods of time. What is that? Yep. 
That is a fact that you could have brought independently of this to a podcast. Oh, well, we'll mention it now. But yeah, apparently, apparently there's sperm of whales or, or dolphins. I can't remember what one. Probably all the sperm's the same. And they put it into um, expensive aftershaves and that makes the aftershave smell last longer and sit on the skin better. Almost like a stickiness. How have you found this out? I, just, I don't know, actually. I just, you know what I'm like with these facts. You know, that, that sort of thing sticks with me. So Page I, one I, I Google. Yeah, but have a Google about that. By all means, research it. But yeah, there, there is sperm in expensive aftershaves. Have you got some of the aftershave that has whale? I did have. Within? Yeah, I did have. Yeah, yeah. Was it smelly? No, no, it smelled. It was. It was an oud smell, kind of a woody, musky smell. It smelled, mm, you know, incredible, musky. and it, it lasted a very long while. Like it lasted to the point where I would put it on, maybe like a like a jacket. And then I'd put the jacket in, in my in my in my um, jacket cupboard downstairs, and yeah, that's where they go. It would be there. It would, the smell would still be there two months later. Did you ever wear the? Uh, fine, very quickly. First off, what word did you use to describe the smell before? Like oud, oudy, whiskey. It's called oud. Oud is the, the name is of the aftershave. Oud. Um, oud. Have, O-U-D. Have you, yeah. have you ever t- have you ever worn? Did you ever wear that oud smell to the beach? What are you thinking that like, you know, the female whales are going to yeah, come? Lo- loads no. of, loads of, suddenly it's like this tidal wave as loads of lady whales come up, um, ready, ready to go all slippery and slimy and ready, ready to have you. Cause you've got wait, you're covered in whale sperm. I can't remember the last time I was laying on the beach and a, and a whale appeared from, from the shore, but yeah, that didn't, that didn't happen to me, but it's a nice thought, Dan. I'm glad you're worried about me. On that, I got a message this week off the back of my dolphin fact last week that actually dolphins and whales were once land mammals before transitioning into the aquatic lifestyle they have today. Thanks to Kayla for that fact. So they were once land mammals. So you never know. Maybe you can tempt them back to land mammal life, Decon. Oh, my God. So they are mammals. Whales are mammals. So I actually got that right when I said mammal. Well, yeah, but I was trying to niche it down. Isn't, aren't all, um... Hang on, that makes it. That's evolution working in reverse, almost. I I have not looked into this fact. I'll be honest with you, so I can't. Guys, give you let's any keep this alive, yeah. It. Let's keep it exciting. Let's not start talking about evolution of of, of mammals. Yeah, come on. You're right. Evolution's boring, isn't it, Con? <laughs> evolution. Oh, yeah. Those those not people changing to for the better. Oh, yeah. boring. You know, the topic of, of wow sperm is a lot more listenable than, than the evolution of, of Let's mammals. not talk about evolution. Let's talk about Connor covered in whale sperm for his date on a Saturday night. Yep. I'm mm. telling you now, right, you can have a little look about this, but there is definitely sperm inside expensive aftershaves. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. I can, I'm not getting confused here. Right, we'll drop into our DMs and, and see if anyone said hello in just a sec. First, let's get to our second round of facts. Uh, and Mark, you are first. Take it away. I would say this is, I'm going I'm to well, say I'm it first. now. This is more of a tidbit than a fact. Oh, well, I'm first, aren't I? No, no you're you, not. Mark Get back in your box. Get back in oh, your yeah, box, Connor. Yeah. It's yeah, this sorry. guy's turn. Don't make yeah. me go angry ginger on you. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't want no passive aggressive WhatsApp. Go on. All right. Oklahoma's official state vegetable is the watermelon. What is the first issue with that, I hear you say? Connor? It's a fruit. Oklahoma's that they've got a state vegetable. Oklahoma's mm. official state vegetable is the watermelon. And as Dan said, no, 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 stop, no, stop, stop, stop. Connor, take it through. What's the issue with that statement? They've got a state vegetable. That's the issue. Who yeah, has a state run, vegetable? 
run through what Mark just said. I'm not bullying, by the way. Run, I'm not being mean. Go on, Mark, say that again. Oklahoma's official state vegetable is the watermelon. Um, yeah. Why? What's wrong with that, Connor? I don't know, mate. <sighs> what are watermelons? Fruit. Correct. Oh, right. State vegetable is what got you. That's weird. So there we go. Oh if you're God, from yeah. Oklahoma, your state vegetables are fruit, people. Okay, right. A few things I need to pick out of here. Why have states got vegetable? What is that thing? Well, the, but places just have things like that. It's just that the, you know, like the, isn't it the national animal of Scotland is the unicorn or something like that? Yeah. These? So Essex is, Essex is state things like Nando's. No, no, because it's not a state. It's not a state. Oh, county. Yeah, so, I mean, you might have a county thing. Essex will be twinned with a place, but they have these these different things, especially in America, because all the states are quite fundamentally different. Like, they, they have their own individual personality. From what I can tell, ridiculously, the reason that they decided the state vegetable should be a watermelon is because there was an argument over whether it was a fruit or a vegetable. So they went, well, if we vote for it as our official vegetable then it settles the argument. That is a Brazilian truck driver level of sticking to your guns there. Isn't it? I know. A triumphant what? senator, Don Barrington, said, the controversy on whether watermelon is a fruit or vegetable has been officially decided by the Oklahoma legislator. Has it though? Has it though? What is dictating fruit or veg? Well, that's what I'm saying. Surely, uh, unless, look, unless it, absolutely, unless it is a vegetable and we've got this fundamentally wrong, um, why is there a discussion about whether it's a fruit or a veg, though? I think it's because it's part of the cucumber family. Oh, I love cucumber. Mate, cucumber, melon, honestly, is so good. So here's the deal. While we're, while we're discussing, t- we're not, but while we are discussing tiers of fruit and veg, watermelon, god tier, cucumber, like proper underling servant level of tier. The cucumbers are the worst thing ever. What? The cucumbers are... No. No, I'm Con- not. Con Mark, is come on. incredibly offended by this. Help me out. What would be... Cucumber is elite. No. Nah. Cu- I think cucumbers, cucumber is a wannabe fancy vegetable. Oh, it's I'll go soggy. in your gin and tonic. You don't, no, you don't I love, belong, I you don't belong in a fruit any more than pineapple belongs on a pizza. What no, would be your official great. vegetable, Dan, if Dan Simpson had an official vegetable? What am I into at the moment? Um... I love, I love me. Well, it depends. It depends. I'm going to think and this way is big for you being a vegetarian. I know. Here's the deal because I'm a vegetarian. It's going to be, I'm going to like properly think it through. Is it something that sums me up as a person, like my spirit vegetable? Or is it like one that I love that I want to sum up my state vegetableness? It's up to you. Mm, I don't know. I think... I mean, everyone, when you pose them this kind of question, always goes for something different, don't they? Like, oh, yeah, I'm a bit different. I'm a bit, I'm a bit individual. I'm a bit alternative. I think um, I'm big into my my courgettes at the moment. Oh, God. I do love a courgette. And I think that sums up me as a person as well. So I'm going to say a courgette. The official vegetable of Dan Simpson is a courgette. You do courgette. Courgette? Courgette? No, I don't know. But was a, why, why would I waste courgette like that? Courgette mm, on a little bed of that with some salmon on top. Connor, the people's person, what would be your official vegetable? Voice of the people here, no pressure, mate. Voice of the people, better get it right. Probably broccoli. Ah. 
Or asparagus. Oh, hello. Asparagus. Hello, someone's a wannabe fancy. Asparagus. Yeah. Asparagus go skiing up the Alps, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love broccoli. Loads of gravy. <sighs> or peas. Petit pois. Yeah, pea, I can take or leave a pea. And I find that if you are covering something in gravy, you kind of aren't liking the vegetable. You're just liking so Dan, the Dan, hold on a minute. You're you're vegetarian. Sure. Okay. You're saying that cucumbers low down. You could give you could sort of give or take a pea. What what are you eating, mate? Well, I eat, but there are loads of vegetables out there. Uh, a lot of beans, a lot of lentils. Okay, so what's your top three veg? No, well courgette. I don't know if we want to get into this now because it took me about five minutes to decide about the courgette. Let's Strap in, everyone. Things are about to get <laughs> exciting. I don't understand people who rave about sweet corn. There you go. You come for the amazing facts that are complete nonsense and, and you stay for uh, r- rambles about the ratings of vegetables. I reckon courgette one. Um, I love a Brussels sprout. Mm. Uh, maybe a Brussels sprout. And I, I, I like corn on the cob, but also broccoli. So, you know, yeah. it's an interchangeable. There you go. Mm-hmm. Broccoli. Uh, right, there we go. Right, uh, right. Just so we can complete the trio and move away from this and just put it in the bin, uh, Mark. What's your, what's your state vegetable? I mean, come on, it's small and it's ginger. It's a baby carrot. Connor, give us your second fact. In two thousand and six, a woman farted on a plane and tried to cover up the smell by lighting matches, which caused an emergency landing. Oh. Jesus Christ! Rookie move. Wow. I've got more to this. Hold on, hold on. Here's the thing with with, like, I I had a go at you early doors a few weeks ago that you didn't provide any research, but do we need more research to this? Well, I've researched all my facts this week and I I continue to do that following your criticism. So basically more to this, which is actually I find funnier. So she actually admitted in the police interview um, following the emergency landing that she lit the matches to cover the smell of a fart. She was then banned from any future flights with that airline. It wasn't just the fact as well that there was an emergency landing in Nashville. Not only did that happen, but bomb sniffing dogs were sent on the plane as they land that as as they landed down um, for the emergency landing. And do you know the best bit about it? Oh no, what? She had IBS. Oh, she's a Bibs member. Yeah, she had bowel problems. Bit worrying that she had matches under her seat, though. That's what I thought. Yeah. How, how, how they have they find, got on? No, no, no. They did find a bunch of matches underneath her seat. So I'm more concerned about that as opposed to her IBS farts. But anyway, you know, it's kind of funny. And imagine being banned. Imagine being with a family, being like, oh, you know, should we fly to America with United Airlines? And being like, can't, no, got can't. banned for a fart. I can't. My ass is a flamethrower. I love the fact that she had to explain that to the police. You're like, did, did, you, did you try and... That is one of those really awkward moments where everyone on that plane knows what you've done. Well, no, this is the thing. Nobody did. So basically, by the the reading of this, there's a few articles on it that went up in, in American newspapers and stuff. So she farted. No one was aware of the fart, obviously, because she lit the match and it covered the smell, blah, blah, blah. So everyone was, of course, I can imagine pretty concerned when they can smell burning and they're having an emergency landing in Nashville, bomb, bomb squads coming on. I can imagine it's all a bit, you know... But I, in my mind, I'm thinking, right, can you imagine the excuses that she had come up with in the police interview before finally admitting it was a fart? I, it's, it's the spacing that I'm thinking about here. You get no room on these flights. The only way she's got enough room to kind of wiggle around and, wait, in my mind, she's kind of cocked her bum into the air and she's kind of fighting in the direction of the match. That's not what's happening, is it? She's just lit it to try and mask the smell. 
Yeah, so basically, yeah, okay. yeah, she has. But my biggest concern is why, one, are there matches on her? How, two, has she got them on the, on the plane? And why are there a load of them under the, under the sea? That's a bit concerning. You can probably take matches on a plane. I reckon you could probably get them in there. Unless they're she's small, concerned. Maybe she smuggled them in up her bum and then she took them out and that's and then suddenly... We're not talking about what's up your bum. I just, I just love the, you know, the, what actually ended up happening due to this fart, bomb squads, emergency landing, full ban from using that airline. It's just incredible. And it's all just come from one single IBS fart legend. Do you reckon that she was like using all the old play school lines of the like, look, we know you did a fart. Well, whoever smelt it, dealt it. Just sat there in the interview room, just giving it back to the police. I'm going to have to be honest with you. Probably not. I can imagine she was... Probably quite worried. Probably, probably mortified as well. Probably quite literally crapping herself. But yeah, I, I, I love. You know what I'm like with these facts. This is just elite for me. This is top tier. Do we reckon I love this stuff. that she bought the matches on because she knew she was going to be a bit farty? She went. I've had on, beans look. last night. Maybe. I've got Maybe. IBS. Maybe everyone Maybe. knows it. I'll bring them on. That'll be fine. Right. So hang on, very quickly, Con. Yeah. Uh, so she's. I don't want to spend too much time with us. If she's brought matches on with her to master spell of her trumps because she's got IBS, as do you, and as it turns out to a shocking amount of the, the, the listeners to this podcast, do you bring anything when you go on a plane to try and master smell just in case one slips out? It's the spare pair of boxes, mate. Mm. Do you always carry around a spare pair of boxes? I have done, yeah. <laughs> right, here's my second fact of the podcast. There is a place in England called Shitterton. The villagers of Shitterton, the people who lived in Shitterton, all chipped in to buy a town sign that was made of stone to stop people stealing it. Amazing. <laughs> I, love the, I love the fact that you can predict. So like, obviously, I know that we've got listeners all around the world. You might be listening to this now um, over in Australia, or maybe you're the truck driver's mate in Brazil, or maybe you're in America. But like the British people are very specific in what gets them off and nicking the town sign uh, uh, when you, when you live in a place called Shitterton is right up there. I mean, that gets the Brits going, doesn't it? I feel like if we had an IBS HQ for bibs, that would be the sign on top of the door. It, it's in Dorset and it, the, the name of Shitterton, it comes from, um, <laughs> it means farmstead on the stream used as an open sewer. Where is it? It's in Dorset in the south of England. Dorset, I think, <laughs> I has got some brilliant names, if I remember rightly. Shitterton. I feel like there's also places like um, Shepherd's Bottom. That's what there is Shitterton in Dorset. Shitterton is elite. Shitterton. I love that. Imagine being like, oh, well, you know, going on a date. Like, oh, so where are you from? Shitterton. I mean, it's an instant no, isn't it? Uh, so th- th- there's, a t- there's a place in, in, Aus- in Austria where uh, the, and it's called the f word so I'll literally say just and, that yeah it's called the f word that's the actual name of the town oh it's called the f word or is it the word that we're not saying on no, the it's, podcast it's called big fan that you thought it was the f word um yeah so this place in austria is that and uh they get their start their sign stolen all the time and it and it costs 300 euros to replace it and they had to put the taxes up in the in the village because it was nicked so much there's a place i think in norway called hell yeah probably quite cold it's just called hell you can officially say you live in hell i just love the idea that like they've had they've had a meeting you know like these these 
volunteers from Shitterton have got together and thought, you know, we, we, we need, and it's also brilliant lateral thinking that they think, well, I can't be asked to keep replacing the sign. Let's just make a sign that they can't nick. Love yeah, I like I like that thought process. I love the fact that it is probably only in the UK that that has been the conclusion to signs. Like nowhere else would have a sign nicked 24-7 other than the UK. It's classic British behaviour. You can imagine all the builders that drive along like that. Mate, that sign says Shitterton. Should we stick it in the van? Let's do it. They've obviously decided, as she said, to get the stone sign. There's uh, there's someone that we all know, actually, that lives in a place called Wall. Now, Wall is historically called Wall because it's supposedly where Hadrian's Wall went through. But as you drive into Wall, it obviously it says the town's name on it. But it says the town's name on a bit of wall. So the very first thing you see when you go into wall is it just looks like they've just labelled the wall and gone wall. And then you expect to drive along slightly further on and it just says pub. Post office. You're suddenly like, oh, so you just name everything here? Tree? We're just putting signs on everything. What's going on? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Just before we get back to the facts, I want to tell you about a podcast I am loving right now. Music in My Life is the new podcast from singer Laura Wright, where she talks to loads of amazing guests about their connection to music and the music which has shaped their lives and career. It's a really interesting listen. Here's Laura to tell you more. Welcome to Music in My Life with me, Laura Wright. In this podcast, we'll attempt to understand more about the music we love so much and why it makes us feel that way. I'm talking to some amazing guests about their favourite pieces of music, what their relationship to that music is and how it's influenced parts of their lives. We've sent a list of categories to our guests and they've chosen four songs which span from love to pain, family to sports. We'll be delving into the music they listen to and why it shaped them throughout the years if that sounds like your thing just search music in my life wherever you found this episode of baffled i really encourage you to give it a chance i think it's an amazing podcast really interesting if you love your music right on with the show back to the facts right you can always get in touch by the way in the episode notes below you'll have all our instagram handles there we don't really do email or facebook at the moment who does facebook i mean come on my nan i mean Uh, say come on what are we the early thousands to quote Connor. <laughs> if you, uh, so yeah, hit us up on Instagram, find all our, our handles in the episode notes. Uh, Connor, last episode, by the way, I'm very loath that this podcast just turns into something that Connor can, you know, air his loose bowels. But um, uh, yeah, last week we did a big old push for Bibs. How's it getting on? 
I think well, big old push um, is the wrong phrase to use about all this. Yeah, little push. You don't need any bit. You don't need any force at all. It just comes out of its a own gentle accord. cough. I've actually had a message come through from Jack Barry and Mr. J Baz. And he said, hi, mate, listen to the podcast and the banter you have with the others makes me crack up. Fellow Bib supporter here. Excellent news. I have a fact for you as well, which you would all like. Mongolia is a landlocked country. Even though it does not have a coastline and the country has a navy with only seven sailors, out of these seven, only one can swim. I enjoy the fact. Sure. Like it. I'd love to go to Mongolia. The place fascinates me. The people fascinates me. Their history fascinates me. What amazes me most, though, is, I don't know, is there something I'm not getting? If I had, you know, this IBS that we keep banging on about, I'm not telling anyone. And people are emailing you. People are getting, you know, know, this is it. My name's Jack Barry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is the thing, like, it's a a hard, you know, I don't don't really know how this has happened. Um, Would I have ever chosen for this to be a thing? Well, you have chosen to do it because you mentioned it in every show. Yeah, but you, you don't yeah. know how it's happened. I can tell you how it's happened. But keep bringing it up. I think we have three members now: me, Jack, and Jake. Have you have you created like Bibs membership cards now? Well, no. So, so this is the thing. So, Jake actually, Jake actually got back in contact, and he put. So, I just heard. Uh, I just heard your recent episode. So, am I the? Am I the sole member of Bibs? I'm honoured. Of course, now this isn't the case, Jake. He put. I do think we should get a merch line of our own. It's the least baffled could do to console us on our daily poo struggles. If you need help designing. <laughs> designing it i can probably get something done oh it's not our job it's not our job i've checked the central account of the baffled central account there is nothing in it uh in uh, fact i checked doesn't even exist so uh we, we can't really buy merch for people but what maybe like maybe we should get you like some badges connor will hand make you bibs badges and send them out yeah, I, I mean, given his history on doing stuff that we ask him, you ain't getting them this side of 2022. But I thought of a logo. I thought of a logo. Mate, we've got a logo. No, I've got a logo f- for bibs. Right, okay, talk us through it. Skid mark. Oh, okay, so yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, I can't talk about poo anymore. I, I need to move on with my life. It's getting too much. You can, Again, you keep bringing it up. The Has merch- anyone else had anyone get in contact about anything normal? No, guys. you haven't had a chance to mark. do this. Because you keep banging on about your bloody... I want to be club. Um, uh, what you need to do, I think your merch should be uh, like a little trowel, like a little, a little. No, 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 right. This, this needs to stop. Just Has anyone case. got in contact Just with in you about something normal? Down and one accidentally slips out, you find it sliding down your leg. You can, you can dig and you can quickly dispose of it. Seriously, a bowel trowel, you could call it, Connor. Okay, right. This is getting too much. Right, let's get to our third fact, then, Mark. Your last one. Make it good. Right. In 1567, <laughs> I love the pause. It's just like, right, do, let's prep do you, want, do you want to know why I paused there? <laughs> because you was you was taking in what we've just spoke about no, for five so, minutes. So I thought I'll have a look on uh, the reviews on uh, on Baffled, right? On Apple Podcasts. And what Apple Podcasts very cleverly does is it lists the hosts at the bottom. Does it filter them by to- by whether they've got an IBS club in them? Right. All I'm saying is I'm first. However, it has down as hosts. Dan Simpson, host. Connor Knight, host. And then, right at the front, Marcus, host. A, hold on. don't even get a bloody surname. B, not even my real name. Why, why does it, yeah, why, how does it, how does it choose the order? 
God knows. Probably. I, I mean, it's not even the order that I was. Th- I sh- must take it from our Instagram stuff, but it's not even the order it has it on the Instagram. So, oh, well, anyway, I mean, obviously, Mar- Mar- I'm most important. <laughs> doesn't even get my bloody Mar- name right, does it? Mar- uh, Marcus with a K. With a Please K. Please take it away. Please that take is it your away. Instagram handle, though. Why is your Instagram handle Marcus? Uh, it was an old school nickname I had, Marcus Redhead. Mm. Okay, well there we go. You've done yourself in there, mate. I so uh, go on, go on, Marcus. That's what we call you now, Marcus. Marcus. Right. There we right go. He's through. writing again because he's taking it in. He can't believe it. I'm fuming, mate. I'm absolutely fuming. <laughs> Come on, Marcus. In, I mean, it's just as simple. It's fine. It's fine. In 1560, they could just easily have checked. It's fine. Get over it. Okay. In 1567, the man said to have the man said to have the longest beard in the world died after he tripped over it, running away from a fire. I mean, the fact they've spelt Marcus, M-R-K-U-S. Is oh, it's outrageous, it. isn't it? It's outrageous. I, yeah. I feel bad about having a fact where a dude's died. I mean, it is quite a funny way to die, though. Yeah, yeah there we go. Maybe we should go back to normal. Um, uh, uh, that is sad. That is... I mean, imagine tripping over your own beard. How did he die, though? Like, So his name is Hans Steiniger. His beard over 1.5 metres long. Too long. Idiot. Too long. Idiot. The year is 1567. I'm happy with that. I was wondering what the, you know, wh- when can you make fun of dead people? So and th- that's fine. It's Over fine. 500 years is fine. Yeah. Carry on. It's far enough away. Yeah, well, it didn't happen like last week, mate, in Holborn. Can you imagine? Yeah. Uh, in 1567, there was a fire. Hans Steiniger was there. And he goes, oh, no, there's a fire. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know exactly what he said. It was also in German because he was Austrian. Uh, and he, he tries to run away. His beard is so long, he trips over his beard, breaks his neck, and then the flames engulf him, and he sadly passes away. Wow. It's quite a sad story. Yeah, I sounded, a bit, sad, actually, up, I sounded yeah. a bit too upbeat for most of that, I realised. Yeah, yeah, you come straight. Yeah, you, I, I was, it was, it was, it was a strong back. come down there at the end. You were, like, you were like, there was a man with a really long beard. He tripped over and he died. And it's like, oh my God. Oh, like, I've got this tone need to bring this down. Yeah. Right then, Connor, pick us up. The world's biggest family lives together in India. A man with 39 wives and 94 children. Whoa, he's been busy. That's a name for you. Okay, so the world's largest family is said to be from... Oh, God. Why'd you do this to yourself? Back to Wang, India. I don't know. Why'd you do this to yourself? Back to Wang. Back to Wang, India. If anyone listening is from there, help me out. Where father Ziona... Channa has 94 children by 39 different wives. Mr. Channa, who is said to be a lucky man, that's what he calls himself, lives in a 100-room, four-storey home uh, with another 14 daughter-in-laws and 33 grandchildren. That's got to be expensive, isn't it? Imagine feeding all of their mouths. I mean, at least he's got 39 wives to... I mean, I can't imagine... No, 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 sorry. Yeah, you know, he, 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 39 different wives. I don't know if he's still married to, I don't know what the law is in India, if you can, you know, be married more than once. But is he got, has he got 39 wives at one time? I don't know. I don't know. Well, the 94 children are by 39 different wives, but it doesn't say that he's not married to those anymore. It just says 39 different wives. If they all live together, you'd think that come about kid 50 or 51, you'd be like, just go live with your mother. I mean, that's a lot of children, isn't it? Go on, off you go. Go live with your mum. That's a lot. I didn't know that one human being can produce that amount of, of sperm. You're going to run out of names of at some point, aren't you? You're going to have to start calling them like just, you're going to have to call them all by like, oh, you, because you're not going to know which one's which. 
Is it, is it George Foreman who called all of his kids George Foreman? I think that was the thing. Did it? Oh, God. Middle name. Yeah. Middle name it's, Grill. Yeah. It's like Danny Dyer called his daughter Danny Dyer, and that is the most Danny Dyer thing that Danny Dyer could have done. You said the words Danny Dyer there a lot, but I'm a little bit lost. Yeah. I, I want to know what happens in like a day in this dude's life. Like, well, how does he know who to go and see that day? How do, when does he book his holidays? You know, he must be on one constant family holiday just because every time he comes back, he needs to go back out again. But surely he has to work a lot to be able to get enough money to feed all of those people. He's got a lot of people keeping him, though, isn't he? It's just... Oh, I, can't ima- I can't imagine it. That's what? No. That's like two or three kids per wife. It's a lot of work, isn't it? It's a lot of Even work Henry VIII him. didn't have that many wives. Also, he can't have seen any of them give birth because don't they say that looking at y- your wife, you know, giving birth can be a bit off-putting? Maybe that's why he's got so many different wives. He saw it like twice with one wife and went, oh, that's my favourite pub burnt you. down. And then he's on to the next one. <laughs> yeah. And Women are going to hate um, me for that comment. I do apologise. Yeah, what? I just really dismissed that quickly. Well, but that's what they say, Connor. And they also say that apparently um, a child will cost anywhere from 100,000 to a quarter of a million pound between the ages of zero and 18. It's a lot of hand-me-downs though. So by the time child number 94 has got it or whatever, I mean, it's gone through a lot of different hands. It's been washed a lot of times. Yeah, I can imagine there's a lot of skidders in those pants. Yeah, hashtag bibs. Right, here we go. My third and final fact of the podcast. Uh, I'm going to go back to you, Connor, when I have to ask any fairly simple scientific uh, question. Um, What are are sharks really good at sniffing out? Uh, Meat? Mm, A little bit more. Uh, A drop of water in the ocean. Yeah, blood. Yeah, blood, correct. Humans are better at smelling rain than sharks are at smelling blood. Humans are incredibly good at sniffing out when it is rained. Um, Even if you don't know, you can smell it. You know that smell that you get when it's rained? It's because of a a compound, bear with me, because of a compound called geosmin, um, uh, which, and our human nose is extremely sensitive to it. We can smell it when there is just five parts of it per trillion. So there's a tiny amount of this compound and humans can sniff it out. I love the smell of rain. It's amazing, isn't it? It gets, gets you going. But you can't describe the what the smell is. You can't describe what the smell is. It's just we're very good at smelling it. Yeah, we are good at smelling it. I, I, yeah, I, I, I like that. I like that. Mm. Why does rain smell better when it's been like a proper humid rain rather than like a cold rain? Like in winter, I'm like, ugh, whatever. In summer, I'm like, oh, it's been raining. I love that. Maybe it's because it's hotter water. So it's like releasing stuff from the soil. Maybe it makes things rise. Oh, so is that how it works? That when rain falls on the ground, it then, that creates the aerosol effectively, the um, the smell, that's the word I'm looking for, rather than actually the rain falling. I don't know if it's in this case, but maybe when you're talking about, you know, rain in, in quite humid places, maybe all the stuff on the ground is rising with the hot air, maybe that's why it smells better. Also, I think thunderstorm rain always seems heavier, doesn't it? It's always like more intense. And it's nice to have a break, isn't it? It's, it's nice when you feel that the rain needs to come and it does crack through. That's pretty cool. Connor, are you with us? 
No. What, why do you two care about this enough? Oh, like, I love the it, smell it, of just rain. The smell. Because it's really yeah, I like, yeah, and I, I'm all for loving the smell of rain, but you don't need to know where it comes from. Who cares? Who cares? And that's the end of this week's Baffled. So what have we learned? Well, we've learned that you can't steal Shitterton. Also, if you're going to shout, make sure you do it after a loud, smelly rain. Uh, and also that Connor loves a big Friday night out with some musty whale sperm splashed on his neck. Uh, and that is it for us. If you've got any facts, if you want to get in touch, if you want to be Christ, if you want to be a member of Connor's club, uh, hit us up on Instagram. You can find all of our handles in the episode notes, wherever you're listening to this. Make sure you subscribe as well and let someone know how much you're enjoying the show. Uh, and that is it. Uh, say goodbye, Connor. Goodbye. I can smell it from here. And Mark, I can just about see you from here as well. Mark, say goodbye. See you later. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.